Today on Abounding Grace from Pastor Ed Taylor. Faith is the response of knowing that I can't. That I can't. And, and that's, that's a statement that leads to surrender. It's not I think I can. No, it's I realize I can't. I acknowledge what the Bible says about me, that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That we have so many imperfections and failures and stumbles along the way. And it's not that I think I can, I know I can't, so I surrender in faith. This is amazing grace. As Christians, we should want our faith to grow and not remain stagnant, or worse yet, to go backwards. But how can our faith grow? Is there anything we can do about it? Today on Abounding Grace, Pastor Ed Taylor offers up four very practical things you can do to help in that holy endeavor. We'll be in Genesis chapter 48 and Hebrews chapter 11, talking about the faith of Jacob. Would you open your Bibles, please, to Hebrews chapter 11? And if you want to get ahead, Genesis chapter 48. Hebrews chapter 11 and Genesis chapter 48. We're going to be looking at verse 21 today in the faith of Jacob. Our study is entitled, By Faith, Jacob Blessed, Worshipped, and Leaned. And we get that straight from the text here in verse 21 where it says, By faith, Jacob when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. Now faith, that undergirding foundational belief that God is God, that's what we're studying here in chapter 11. By the time we get to chapter 11 in Hebrews, the author is telling this group of Jewish believers, okay, you know the theology, you see the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Let me give you now example after example after example after example after example of men and women who knew less than you did and experienced less than you did, never meeting their Messiah personally. I want to reveal to you these men and women that continue to go forward without going backward, that continue to move on without giving up, that continue to move on without quitting. And so we began to see these men so far, like Abel and Enoch and Noah. We looked at Abraham and Sarah. We learned of Isaac, and now we come to Jacob. Now from Abraham... Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph to some degree, these are known as the patriarchs of the Jewish nation. These are the men that God chose and gave the promise of the land that would be theirs forever. And the multiplying of people and generation after generation, God gave them the promises. And so we're learning about faith, that God, he's the origin and the object. Don't forget that. God is both the object 
and the origin of our faith. It's not something we just make up on our own. The good news about faith is that when the Bible declares that God desires something from us or even demands something from us, the Bible also shows how God supplies that. So he doesn't just kind of say, hey, this is what I want from you. I hope you can make it. You know, like we were reading those books when our kids were little. And, and I think it was the little engine that could. And there's a phrase in that book where the little engine is going, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And just mustering up all the energy to get up the hill. And I think believers, you know, some people live their life like that. I think I can. I'm going to try hard. I'm going to do my best. And it's so much energy and effort in trying. But God is not like that. Faith is the exact opposite of I think I can. Faith, faith is the response of knowing that I can't. That I can't. And, and that's, that's a, statement that's a statement that leads to surrender. It's not I think I can. No, it's I realize I can't. I acknowledge what the Bible says about me, that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That we have so many imperfections and failures and stumbles along the way. And it's not that I think I can, I know I can't, so I surrender in faith. And where does this faith come from? Because God says it's impossible to please him unless I have faith. Well, the good news is, is the Bible says that God gives, and you can jot it down in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, that God gives to each one a measure of faith. He gives to each one a measure of faith. And to me, there's such great comfort and assurance knowing that God has given me faith, given you faith, increasing it and testing it daily, which brings us to a question. Okay, so we've all been given a measure of faith. How can I grow my faith? How can I have a big faith? I mean, I know for me, I can declare to you, I wish it wasn't so, but it is the way it is. I'm not a tremendous man of great faith. I know a lot of guys that are, but I'm not. I happen to lean toward, and God must convict me of this wanting to figure things out. Wanting to rearrange things and, well, if you know if we do this and what about that and, you know, pray about this, but then we can move this. Like I have a tendency to default to that and God just won't mess around. He doesn't mess around with that. He doesn't allow that. He brings me and boxes me into places where he says, Ed, the only thing that will please me is not you figuring it out, but you trusting me. And over and over again, I'm brought to that place of trust. And maybe you're the same. Where you go, well, you know what? I look at my life and, and I have a little faith. I just have a little bit of faith. How can I grow it? And I love that comparison that many people have made of faith to a muscle. That the more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. The greater steps that come and the more faith that's built upon faith. But let me give you four things. Very simple. You ask the question, how can I grow my faith? Let me give you four words to remember. Four things that you and I can regularly engage in to grow our faith. Number one, the first word is abiding. How do I grow my faith? I choose to abide in Christ. The very source of your strength and mine is found in our relationship with Jesus Christ. John chapter 15, verse 4. Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. 
As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. We spent so many weeks not too long ago being reminded of the good shepherd. He's going to lead you, guide you, provide for you, make you lie down, give you what you need, take away what you don't need because he's a good shepherd. Stay with him. That's what the word abiding means. Stay put. Stay put. Number two, abiding. Number two, reading. You want your faith to grow? Read the Bible. I know that's not anything surprising or startling, but read your Bible, church. Read your Bible. If there was ever a time to be men and women that just simply read their Bible more, it's now. Why? Well, according to Romans chapter 10, verse 17, you know the verse because we quote it all the time. The address is Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Read the Bible and your faith will grow automatically. And you want an extra bonus? Read the Bible out loud so that not only are you receiving its words as you're reading it, but you're also hearing it at the same time. And now with the free Bible app, the version, so many of the versions, they have them reading to you. So you can just set it up on and put your headphones in and let the Bible be read to you every time you're in the Bible. I don't care where you are. Genesis, Leviticus, Revelation, John, wherever you are, every single time. It is a promise fulfilled by God every single time, like today. In this moment, every time I read a scripture, your faith will be strengthened automatically. You go, Ed, but I don't, I don't experience it. No, automatically, you take God at his word. Number three, so you have abiding, reading. Number three, obeying. You want your faith to grow? Obey. <laughs> you want to grow in your faith? Do what you read. Do what you read. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. You're already still in Hebrews, so notice verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed. That was his big step of faith in Genesis 12. But who would have ever thought from Genesis 12, hey, get out of your country, go to the land I'm going to show you. Who could have ever thought that that little step of faith would lead to that step of faith where God now says, I want you to take your son, your only, your firstborn son, and take him up and sacrifice him on Mount Moriah. But that was the faith by faith by faith by faith. And then by the time we get to Mount Moriah where Abraham goes and he takes Isaac, what, what does he say? You know what? I, I'm going to come back with the lad. Whatever God has for me up on the mount, I'm coming back home. And we're coming together by faith. Where he tells his son, God will provide himself a sacrifice. Because God grew his faith from chapter 12 all the way to that time in Mount Moriah. Obey the word. Number four. So you have abiding, reading, obeying. Number four, adding. Add to your faith. Peter encouraged us to grow and add. Listen to what he says. This is 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence. So, so give diligence to growing your faith. Pay attention to it. Stick with it. He says, add to your faith virtue, virtue knowledge, Knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Because if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Add to your faith, knowledge, brotherly kindness, 
those characteristics that come by abiding in Christ. Remember faith that we're speaking of in Romans or Hebrews 11 is rooted in God. He's the object and the origin. And the hall of faith, which is what chapter 11 is, is a list of men and women that believed in the big picture and recognized they served a big God. We easily get caught up in the small circumstances that are huge. We, we, you know, you have a choice, don't you? you? You could either have small difficulties and a big God, or we can choose to see big difficulties that sh- reveal to us a thought that our God is so small he could never solve them. And I choose to have a big God. And I choose to l- walk by faith, trusting in the big picture. Even as it's painful today, I know God is working things out for the good. I know he's moving and he's arranging and that he's sovereign over my life. Oh yeah, it hurts now. Oh yeah, it's temporary, it's momentary. It's challenging, it's hard, it's hurtful. But like these men and women of old, God is leading us to follow their example. And their example is to remember a big God. They took God at his promises. And that's what led them in life. It changed their lives forever. And for the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God promised them a physical land, that you're going to have a land where you will dwell and your descendants will multiply like the stars in heaven. But you know, he promised them much greater than a land. The land was simply for the purposes of bringing a savior. So remember, the promise of the land was actually a promise of the savior, that you will not only have a land and many descendants, but I will send a rescuer. I will send the one. No longer will you have to bring sacrifice after sacrifice, lamb after lamb, bloodshed after bloodshed after bloodshed. No, I will give you a new covenant. I will take out that heart of stone and I will put in your life a heart of flesh and I will fulfill the promises I give to you. Did Abraham see Messiah? Just say it out loud. Yes or no? No. Although in some ways he could see him by faith. But he never met him personally, not before he passed away. Did Isaac see Messiah? No. Did Jacob see Messiah? No, not physically, only by faith. Because we learn in Hebrews that these all died not receiving the promises. But you know they lived as if the promises were theirs. They lived knowing that God would keep his promise. And Jacob Well, Jacob, those of you that are Bible students, you know Jacob was not a perfect man. His name alone (laughs) revealed his character. If in Hebrews 11, verse 21, if you want to circle his name, Jacob, you can write next to it, schemer, supplanter. I know we don't use that word much, but you could also write heel catcher. From the very, from the womb with his twin, he was working a deal. And pulling back and grabbing the heel of his brother. And he lived his life always working a deal. He lived his life not so much by faith, although he had some significant episodes of faith. No, he, were, he lived his life doing his own thing. Scheming his way through life. He was always trying to help God out a little here and help God out a little there. But he ended up paying a high price for it. It hurt him deeply. He followed in the sins of his father, unfortunately. 
and for all the things that he could have been remembered for, Hebrews 11 is not the hall of failure. It's the hall of faith. And what is he remembered for? It says in verse 21, when he was dying, the end of his life, he blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on his staff. You know, the leaning on his staff is very significant. It wasn't just a walking stick for an old person. The staff represented the authority of the family, the God-given authority of the family. So as you see him there worshiping, you see him there leaning, he's there with the authority that God has given him in his family. He's resting upon the authority of God. So with that in mind, let's go back to Genesis 48 now. Genesis chapter 48. This is the chapter that's being mentioned in Hebrews 11. This is the faith that Jacob is remembered for. He's not remembered for all of his failures. He's not remembered for all of his schemes. He's remembered for this episode of faith. And it's interesting to me that he's not remembered for chapter 49. Notice chapter 49. I mean, chapter 49 is filled with faith because here he is blessing all of his kids. I mean, on my Bible, it's a full page, chapter 49. It's a full page. It says he blesses Reuben in verse 3. He blesses Simeon, verse 5. He blesses Judah in verse 8. He blesses Levi in verse 5. He, he blesses Zebulun in verse 13. And Issachar in verse 14. And Dan in verse 16. And Gad in verse 19. He prophesies over them. He blesses them. He encourages them. That's not what he's remembered for. He's remembered for ver chapter 48. A little episode, not even a prophetic episode, just a blessing with his son Joseph and two of Joseph's kids, Manasseh and Ephraim. Notice with me in verse 1 of chapter 48. Now it came to pass that after these things, Joseph was told, indeed your father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And Jacob was told, look, your son Joseph is coming to you. And Israel strengthened himself and sat on the bed. Now those of you that are new to the Bible, I want to point this out to you. Israel is the name that God gave to Jacob after he wrestled with him. It was a new name. Jacob, schemer, planner, working a deal, supplanter, heel catcher. Jacob, you often see Jacob referred to as Jacob. But then Israel is his new name. You know what Israel means? Israel means governed by God or controlled by God. Jacob, I know you're a schemer. I know you're doing your thing, but you, you, you need to be controlled by me. I'm giving you a new name. And every time you hear this name, I want you to remember, be controlled by me. Be governed by me. Surrender your life to me. And this is an episode where we find this interaction, Jacob and Israel. And here he is, as his boy's coming, it says that Israel, he strengthened himself and sat up on the bed. Then Jacob, verse 3, said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And he said to me, behold, I'll make you fruitful and multiply you, and I'll make you, of you, a multitude of people. Give this land to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. 
Now we learn in verse, in chapter 47, that Jacob is 147 years old right here. 147. I don't know about you, but I do not want to live to 147. But that's where he is. He's an old man. In the final days, the final breaths of his life. 147 years old. And he's a man that for the last 17 years, the last 17 years, he's a man that has enjoyed the company of the son that he thought he lost forever, Joseph. Those of you that know Joseph's story, we'll get into it in a future study in Hebrews, but you remember his wicked, vile brothers were so jealous of him. Three times in the chapter it says they hated him that they first threw him into a pit to just die there, but they felt a little guilty, took him out of the pit, and sold him to Ishmaelite slave traders that ended up taking him to Egypt, and Potiphar bought him. And then Potiphar's wife lied, accused him of rape. From Potiphar's house, he was thrown into prison, and he was basically forgotten in prison without any family, without any friends, in prison, falsely accused, forgotten, only to be delivered out of prison and become second in command in Egypt. I mean, it was a heavy life that Joseph lived. But remember when, this, when Jacob's sons came back and said, I'm sorry, but Joseph is dead. And here's his coat of many colors with the blood on it from the animal. Say, look, dad, forever. You'll never see your son again. He's dead. And it crushed and broke Jacob the rest of his life. It, it was a day-by-day -day mourning and grieving of the loss of his son Joseph, who he loved very much. Never to see him again. It broke him and crushed him so much that even as famine came in the land many years later, and he sends his sons to go and buy grain from that new leader in Egypt, which they don't know it's Joseph, that when Joseph holds back his other favored son and the brothers go back to tell him, Jacob is so torn, he says, God is against me. This is so bad that God is against me. And we know that God wasn't against him. And God ends up giving him 17 years with Joseph. Not only does God give him 17 years with Joseph, but God gives him years with his grandkids. So good. And what a blessing for many of you that you get to enjoy grandparenting. May the Lord bless you and you enjoy it all the way. Joseph's life is laid out in great detail. From the pit to the prison to the palace of Egypt. And even though there was a point in many in Jacob's life, he lived his life most of his years until he was 150 or so, thinking he forever lost Joseph. No hope of any grandchildren. God moves in an instant. And there he is at the end of his life. Yeah, the boys are half Egyptian. They were born to Joseph in Egypt. However, they're 100% a part of the plan of God. And he finds strength in the Lord to sit up. And even though he's very old, and even though we see in a moment he can't see, and even though he's moments and breaths away from death, his memory is sharp because he remembers the promises of God. We're going through Hebrews one verse at a time here on Abounding Grace. 
Pastor Ed Taylor is our teacher on the program, and you can hear these studies online at AboundingGraceRadio.com and through the Calvary Church app. Check out Ed's blog at EdTaylor.org. We also have a podcast. Look for us on Apple Podcasts. And thank you for remembering Abounding Grace in your giving to the Lord. Every gift that comes in goes right to the ministry. It plays an important role in helping us bring the truths of God's Word to the radio every day. And when you support the ministry today with a gift of $25 or more, you're invited to request a copy of A.W. Tozer's devotional masterpiece, The Pursuit of God. In it, Tozer seeks to make his readers thirsty for intimacy with the Lord, and it will leave you inspired to seek God more passionately and intimately. You can start your pursuit today by calling 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. If you'd just like to make a donation to the ministry and are not interested in the book, you can donate safely and securely at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Glad to have you with us for today's broadcast. We look forward to continuing the journey through Hebrews next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. In the meantime, let's be drawing on God's abounding grace for daily living. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.